What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Rap Show. It is a Thursday live from the media block here in Houston, Texas. Feels like a Friday to me because we are on Monday through Thursdays live from the media block here. And you can find us 24-7 on your favorite podcast or media platform. And what is the media block, you may ask? Well, let me tell you, it's your one-stop shop where from visions to videos... They'll help you make them all a virtual reality with unmatched customer service, quality, and of course, price in the media production market. And how lucky we are to have them right here in H-Town, which is very, very quickly becoming one of the top three places to be. Atlanta's on that list. Los Angeles is always on that list. As far as production goes, video the quality of the videos, the space to shoot the videos. And then, of course, you've got the pod block. And the pod block is where you're hearing me broadcast right now. And I'm very excited because we have spots open up each and every week that you can lock in for as low as 120 bucks, And you can have your own podcast, your own content, and then you can add all the bells and whistles as if you're ordering off of that a la carte menu at the steakhouse. And it's a wonderful, wonderful place. It's a hub in our city that I think you'll see in other cities in the near future. And I'm very excited to be here. If you want to get more information and you're all about that social media, hit them up on Instagram at the media block or contact them. And they'll be happy to answer some questions, give you a consultation. You can walk in the door, but give them an email. The email is booking at themediablock.com. That's booking at themediablock.com. Or if you're in H-Town, you can come on down just in the shadow of the Astrodome where the Houston Oilers used to wreak havoc on Sundays. And, of course, now the Houston Texans are riding a six-game winning streak into their bye week, and they play right there next door at NRG Stadium. But it's just a couple miles down the road here on 610, not too far from Galveston Bay either if you're coming up on 45 north towards the city just pop on in you know usually somebody's always here we've got podcasts all day long into the wee hours of the night and if you want to book yours please do so now because we're going to be filling those up and this is really going to become the future of radio stations and the future of media hubs in your city so we're very very stoked to uh be wrapping up our first week and when i say rap yes that's rap with two p's because two p's are better than one but there's only one bp when it comes to fantasy football and so i decided you know what let's give everybody something to look forward to on thursdays and they can make it their friday because everybody's checking out Everybody's talking about the Thursday night NFL game Friday at work. And then, of course, into the weekend as they prepare their fantasy lineups. And we see what each and every team in the AFC and the NFC are doing to prepare themselves for a playoff run. And so when I mentioned BP, that's the one and only our NFL analytics and fantasy insider. Yes, from the floors, the trenches of the NFL network, the one. The only Blake Patarisi. 
What up, BP? Yo, what's up, Ralph? How you doing? Man, you sound loud and clear as if you're sitting next to me at a Dodger game or something. <laughs> I know, right? Thanks. Hell yeah. Well, hey, man, this is this is how the network goes. You know, you, you meet somebody and you immediately attract that energy and and I sat next to you and it wasn't even a half an inning. We were talking as if we were old friends and partners in this sports world, this, you know, the sports games that we love and being able to, to be introduced to each other right there in that setting while I was in Los Angeles pursuing this very dream that, that we're doing right here for the rap show. Uh, talk a little bit about how, how that's worked for you and, and gotten you where, where you are in life and big shout out to grandpa. Of course. He, uh, he was the one that brought you to the game. So, man, it, it was just a pleasure to meet both of y'all, and, and I'm, I'm really excited to now have you talking fantasy football. But talk about meeting and, and, you know, what we've already accomplished thus far. Yeah, so, I mean, once a year I try to go, well, first of all, I'm very happy to be on the show. Thank you for having me. Um, it was the fifth inning of the NLCS Dodgers Brewers, and I still had two seats next to me, mm-hmm. and I didn't think much of it. And then I see coming up the stairs some daffered up, nice beard guy coming <laughs> up, and he sits next to me within five minutes. Well, you think it was five minutes? Around five minutes, <laughs> we just started talking about the Astros, the Clippers, the Rockets. <laughs> Your opportunity in Los Angeles. You know, one thing led to another, and here we are today. It's just crazy how it works. I mean, you put off such good energy like we were talking about, and I'm glad we met each other, and I'm glad to be here, and I'm ready to get this show rolling. Well, you said the word dapper, and I think it's only fitting because that that's what I couldn't get over with Grandpa. I mean, here he is oh chatting with his buddies. Who knows what they were talking about, some of the stories that they were telling. Uh, of days of old, but you, I mean, Grandpa was the ultimate swag master. He's, he's the Dapper Dan himself, the Dapper Dandy. Yeah. I mean, polo yeah. down, yeah. polo down. Ralph Lauren dressed him. He, he basically dressed your he's, Grandpa. <laughs> he's Mr. Ralph Lauren Polo. I mean, he worked in the industry for 30 plus years, taught me how to dress. And, you know, I think it's rubbed off pretty well on myself. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just always great to be with him, and then I'm so happy to meet you. And, you know, football season's in full swing now, like we were talking about the Dodger game and like our Texas Saints have gone. So I'm ready to dive in some of this stuff for all the listeners to get uh, to chew off a little bit this fat, as you like to say. That's right. That's right. Well, hey, you know what? I'm ready to go, too. And I couldn't be more excited because I'm having one of the best fantasy years that I've ever had. And... It's because I approached fantasy this year in a non-radio mindset. And and what I mean by that is I used to always draft guys that were in the headlines, draft guys that, you know, for instance, OBJ. Yes, he's amazing talent, but it was more about because I had a connection with OBJ through the OVO softball game, got to meet him, you know, saw him do some amazing things his first couple years. So I would go into the draft as if I was drafting the players themselves, you know, because I'm a big believer in taking the analytics, which, you know, you majored in in college. Uh, The young Jedi mind that you are, you you literally are now taking this and making it a career. And when I said from the trenches of the NFL network, I mean, to already have your feet on the ground, even if it's just, you know, your contribution uh, on whatever level it is, is an amazing first step to 
to not have to go through the, the usual backdoor steps that, you know, you work your way up per se in the industry. So, uh, you know, it doesn't surprise me just, just getting to know you and your personality and things like that. But where does the real and the analytics come in on fantasy or should we strip away all of the player attributes on and off the field and just look at the numbers? So, I mean, that's a good question. Um, when it comes to determining talent, I mean, I think a lot of people in this industry use the eye test, meaning you see players perform on the field. How do they look? Are they getting fast? Are they getting past defenders easily? Are they catching balls with ease? But then there's also that other aspect, like you said, of the analytics. And there's a new wave of analytics across all sports, especially in football, with next-gen stats. And that's something that I've been working on this mm. season uh, with the Fantasy Zone channel is implementing these next-gen stats into determining how to set your fantasy lineup, projecting a player on a week-to-week basis. So in regards to your question, I think uh, it's, a, it's a bit of balance between both a player just seeing how they do on the field, just purely watching them, and also taking into account numbers like next-gen stats and some of these next-gen stats, which as these weeks go on, I will dive more into, include air yards, includes yards gained after close, which is a stat that measures elusiveness. So there's a lot of very intricate um, analytics that can be dove into um, throughout the course of a season and very specifically by position, as in running back, quarterback, wide receiver, etc. It's, so it's a bit of both, and I'm here to, to break that down for you all, of course. That's the beauty is I thought I knew in-depth, behind-the-scenes uh, anagrams like yak, yard after catch. You're going even yeah. – you're going even – you're like the stranger things of fantasy football. You're going to the under. You're going underneath those stats and really even breaking it down more analytically than that. So that is exactly how to put it into layman's terms as far as the next gen goes. These these are very crucial to to you know take that personal side and and insert something else where you can put in the the research and you can do the homework as they say. All right, so so yeah, so the, you know we, we want to definitely put it in in terms that people can can use and really put into their own fantasy experience. Now, the last two years, uh, of course, there's PPR and there's non PPR. We we've, we've gone through that for the last couple seasons for the newbies as far as fantasy football players. So I think our listeners are caught up that far. Uh, what I've played the the style that I've played the last two years, and I think we mentioned it when we were talking lineups uh sitting there at the dodger game but the the i like this format and it's a format where you actually have uh two linebackers you have two defensive ends or you know edge rushers as they call them now you have your two uh uh back you know uh cornerbacks or or defensive backfield uh and then you have a flex i like the more detailed approach to a defense because you really, just like offense, I think you really see plays or even weeks, victories and losses swung on defensive side of the ball a lot in the NFL itself. And so why not extend that into the fantasy world? And I I, I don't think I could go back to a team defense. What do you think the advantage and the disadvantage of those two styles of leagues are? So, first of all, I got to 
got a question for you, Rap. Yep. I, I mean, I've been putting in a lot of research uh, on the offensive side of fantasy, meaning offensive players, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and the team defense. But, you know, as team defenses go, there's only a handful of elite team defenses, and the rest are on a week-to-week basis. My question for you is, before I, I dive into that further, yeah. how do you research for defensive players? Is there a certain number that you look at? Like, how, how does that go down for yourself? Well, to me, it's having two or three guys that you know are always going to have a lot of tackles. Okay, for instance, okay. I've had this, – this is my second – I'm sorry, my third season now. Um, the first season that I played this, I finished second, so that's the highest finish I've ever had in fantasy football. I never won my league. But I've had Danny Trevathan. I picked him up off of waivers the first year. And then last year I drafted him. And, of course, you draft all your defense, you know, pretty much fifth, sixth, seventh round and on. Once you get a couple of offensive cornerstone pieces, then you start. It's it's, it's definitely still before the kicker and punter. Yeah, nothing personal to those guys. But so anyway, just to give you a quick example, and I do want to dive into the, I do want to dive into the offense because I know you know, 80% of people that play, play the uh, team defense format. But I just really thought it, it, it kind of kept me more interested. It kept more people in play as far as uh, competitive nature of the league. And, you know, there, there are guys like Danny Trevathan, right? He has nine to 10 tackles every week. He's got, uh, you know, obviously like pick sixes are worth, you know, touchdowns and, and, and it's pretty down the line, you know, linebacker would be your tight end or your running backs, um, your your uh, edge rushers and your you know sack masters, the guys that, that rack up sacks. Those are going to be your quarterbacks or your big wide receivers. So I've just I, I don't know. I was introduced to it, and and because the first year it was kind of annoying since I'd always played team defense, but now that I've seen. You can really find the guys that you know. Okay, I'll just run down a couple names just so you know, and I don't want to get too too yeah. much into the defense, but I have Melvin Ingram. Melvin Ingram, he he's always a solid 10 points. And usually, you know, the average score, if you're on the low end, is 188 to 190. If you're on the high end, I've been really, really good on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, you're 240, 245. So it's not like it's outrageous. It's not like it triples the points or it makes it, you know, un- unrealistic in fantasy. Is that an oxymoron? Sounds like one. But like I have HaHa ha Clinton Dix, I've got Clay's Campbell, Danny Trevathan. So those are names that you you know that you know don't ever pick up a Sean Lee because you know he's going to be injured. So it's really just kind of about knowing that player once again, putting a little bit of what you know just by the eyeball test from those guys. There you go. But my big stud real quick, and then we'll, we'll jump into the offensive side of the ball, uh, is uh, Trent Davis, the, uh, the linebacker from Denver. He's, he's pretty awesome. Uh, is it Trent Davis? Let's see what's his name. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, he's a linebacker. It's T. Davis. Anyway, he won't let me open okay. the actual player profile. Yeah, I mean – Hey, Rap, I'm, I'm very impressed. Like I said, I put the research in on the offensive end. I've never experienced or I've never experienced a defensive league team. Maybe it's just because most of the leagues that I'm in are 
they just they go on year after year with the same group of people and they're not very apt to change. But it's something that I will definitely open minded to next season. And if I need help, I know who to talk to. So well, I, I was going to say going. next season we'll, we'll definitely get you in this league because it's it's good guys. You've got about we we have ten solid. Usually about seven of them are engaged the entire season. And that's important for me, yeah. too, playing fantasy. And, and and you know, having you on and know your time is valuable. I, I don't want to do the 101 stuff, the, the stuff that people know. If they even play fantasy, they have to know. So let's get into a little more in-depth look, you know, for the, for the fellows that have been playing. Like me, I think I'm seven years in now. So really, as the technology allowed me to have it in the palm of my hand and not have to make a special trip to my computer in the middle of the day to go set my lineup because I forgot. And then, of course, with Thursday night football, we'll talk a little bit about the real game before I let you go today, uh, tonight. But, um, yeah, it was just – it made it easier. And then it made it, you know, a lot more user-friendly where you're you're literally seeing – your game stats live and, and you're seeing, you know, your players uh, uh, profile right there with the touch of a button. So I think the easier it's gotten, more people have been involved. So let's, let's, let's kind of focus on the guys that have been playing five years and, 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 and more, more or less. Um, so we can okay. get, we can get a little, we, you know, we'll ease them into it this week, but yeah, we can get a little in depth. So anyway, you know, for me, my biggest problem has always been running back. Right, I've always had that really under the radar guy. That's that's a good, solid regular season player, but late in the season, I always struggle down the stretch with a guy that comes on strong towards the end of the season. Now, I think the only real, real, real impact running back I had was probably three or four years ago, and it was one of the last big years that uh, Beast Mode had. And if, who doesn't love Beast Mode first and foremost? But oh, yeah. So how do fantasy team owners get a solid home stretch running back, uh, RB1 or RB2, you know, that a guy that can definitely sub in in case you have an injury or in case you need some value late in the season? Yeah, I mean, so I would say, first of all, this year especially it feels like, uh, compared to years in the past, running backs are at such a premium. I mean, if you look at the top 10 running back list, at least seven or eight were drafted in the first two rounds. So, I mean, that means you can only get one or two of those running backs no matter what you did with your draft. However, if you're looking to get a solid running back for the rest of the season, you're going to have to trade. And it's all about what your team looks like. Um, so, say, say you have three running backs and five receivers, and you want to upgrade your running back position, you're going to have to overpay. Mm. And that's not a bad thing necessarily. Um, for example, it's kind of funny that you asked this. I had a friend last week who had three running backs and five wide receivers. His three running backs were Alvin Kamara, Austin Eckler, and Alex Collins. So if you're looking at those three, you're saying Kamara obviously is a stud running back. You're playing him. He's mm. matchup proof. But if you look at Austin Eckler and Alex Collins, I mean, those are very week-to-week players that if you're trying to win every week, they're not going to give you the production that you're looking for. So he wanted to upgrade his running back situation. And I was like, listen, you're going to have to move two wide receivers to get a running back. That's just how it's going to work. You're going to have to overpay. Mm. Your depth's going to get thinner, but your team's going to get better. So we ended up trading Michael Thomas, a uh, receiver for the Saints, Tyler Boyd, the slot Oh, Mr. Flip Phone. Mr. Flip Phone. With AJ Green being hurt, he's going to have an extended role. And Alex Collins. So it's Michael Thomas, Tyler Boyd, and Alex Collins. 
Now, Christian McCaffrey, the first year I don't draft him, what happens? Oh, of course, he wants to have his breakout season with Cam Newton in tow. So it's frustrating when you see a guy come on and you've given up on him, you know, whether it's in season or even a previous season, and you just kick yourself. If I had a Christian McCaffrey now, instead of last year when he tailed off and Cam couldn't get him the ball, well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have to have the anxiety of going into the playoffs with wondering. So somehow I end up, I always end up with the Latavius Murray. And now, um, um, oh gosh, um, James, what's his name? The running back from, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, White in, um, in New England. You know, he's had, a, he's had a really, really above average season. But I just get stuck with kind of the combo back package instead of that solid guy because running backs were really tailing off four or five years ago. Everybody was going pass happy. Everybody was going for the big play down the field receiver. And, of course, you couldn't touch the quarterback much anymore. So running backs were taking a lot of the punishment. And and I just I, – I don't know how to solve it because I have, I have proposed a couple trades. Now you got to imagine – Vontae's perfect. <laughs> he's on my bench right now because he's he's week to week, literally, mentally, physically, everything. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> he, he, but then again, if, if he literally if he plays, he gets you seventeen points. And so that was the deal breaker. I was kind of doing what you said. I did a package deal where it was like a point heavy package. But everybody knows, you know, right now McCaffrey, right now Kareem Hunt. Right now, those guys are the biggest weapons in the NFL because they are a hybrid between a receiver and a running back. So you can get you know, a lot more uh, opportunities on offense, per se. Exactly. And, you know, one thing about Christian McCaffrey, I mean, you said giving up on him after last year. I mean, this, this is his only second season with the Panthers. And something that... Third, 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 third. Last year was his okay. sophomore year. And, yeah. He was a rookie two years ago because I had him his first two years. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. Um, and, but you're uh, right. I mean, same thing. It's still it's, – it's a breakout season. It's a huge improvement from where he started. The, the biggest reason for his improvement, uh, in my opinion, was that Jonathan Stewart's no longer on the team. I mean, if you just look at Christian McCaffrey's numbers compared from last year to this year, he only has eight less rush attempts this year than he did all of last season. We're only in week 10. Mm-hmm. So the volume's there, and that was projected and expected from him. So that's one of the big reasons for his uh, breakout, if you want to call it. So, right. yeah, I mean, he, he's a stud. Hunt's a stud. James Conner's a stud. He's okay. Come How you on, doing, I Le'Veon know, Bell? Like said, it's so top-heavy. Le'Veon Bell's phone ain't ringing anymore. What happened? No, <laughs> oh. not at all. James Conner is an absolute stud, and I don't see any reason for the Steelers to change what they're doing. They've won four in a row going into tonight versus a very good Panthers team. That'll be a fun game to watch, but I really think that James Conner 
has established himself as a lead back in the, for the Steelers for this year and for the future as well. Oh, for sure. Well, let's stay on the uh, RB theme here. And some of the solid names under the radar that people might not immediately search when they go on their app or they go on their waiver wires on whatever league they're playing. Now, I got lucky with, with Nick Chubb from Cleveland. He was my, my backup for a couple of bye weeks there. And he actually had two really good weeks for me and kept me in contention Uh but you had you had the guy that was coming back that was supposed to be the RB one for Cleveland at the top of your names to look for list. Yeah, so I mean we're gonna touch on Duke Johnson Jr., uh, Cleveland Browns running back. And preseason, like I said, he was drafted ahead of. I mean he was drafted in the same tier as Carlos Hyde, a former mm-hmm. Brown. And Nick Chubb was a flyer that you took and what many others took, hoping that he would obtain the lead back role, which he now has, and it's paying off for all those people who put a draft pick late into their draft. Right. Um, so with Carlos Hyde going to Jacksonville and Nick Chubb taking over the running back duties, Duke Johnson has seen an uptick in touches in the flight. But last week, Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley both get hands. <laughs> comes Greg Williams. And, you know, I'm not sure what it was exactly, but well, he's Greg old school. Williams Greg Williams is old school. Young. Play defense, run the ball. Play defense, run the ball, and then hey, rookie quarterback, don't fuck up. That's that, <laughs> and we can yeah, yeah, we exactly. we can drop an f bomb if it's necessary here on the rap show. And if you feel passionate <laughs> enough, but that's how I feel. Greg Williams coaches right. He's a very old yeah. school. This is the guy that got you know, wrapped up in Bounty Gate. He was paying his defensive players to, to put people's heads on the floor. But uh, <laughs> but you're right. I mean, this is the perfect time because Cleveland's not contending like people thought they might be in the mix for on the field. But you're going to have Baker, who is going to be bubble-wrapped. The re- Baker Mayfield, their quarterback, he's going to be bubble-wrapped. And Greg Williams is not going to let him just go wild on offense. So, yes, they're going to have to spread the rock around a little bit and run out some of that season in Cleveland and continue to build that team. So Duke Johnson yeah. and Chubb together, uh, if you can get one or the other, definitely pick them up. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. And one more quick thing about Duke Johnson. I mean, the biggest thing in fantasy for fringe players like Duke Johnson is game script. Game script meaning what's the score in the game? How is the team playing? Are they going to be coming from behind? Are they going to be trying to maintain a lead? In the case of the Cleveland Browns, their game script is always going to be that they're trailing and they're going to be trying to catch up. And this plays in perfectly to Duke Johnson, who is a pass-catching running back. The Browns will be trailing, they'll be passing the ball. Duke Johnson can block, and he can also catch passes. So yep. this is just a great spot for Duke Johnson. He's a big boy, too. I mean, he he, he punishes guys. So anytime yeah, any, anytime they get down in the red zone, yeah. Yeah, anytime they... Anytime they get down the red zone, you know, that's that's somebody that you want running the rock for sure. All right. Now, I don't know if you're like hacking into my fantasy exchanges every week or something, but you all your notes seem to be right on point with what I'm trying to accomplish in my first championship in the Elite Fantasy League here in Houston, Texas. Shout out to all the members of the Elite Fantasy League. We're going to get you in next year. I'm telling you, it'll be fun. To have you in. Yeah, and, I'm excited, and, man. I'm excited. And, 
these are guys from uh, all different backgrounds, but, you know, definitely that passion for football. And then, you know, being engaged in it this way, it really makes the NFL different in a way. Whereas I was a Houston Oilers fan, and, and not to jump off the fantasy thing, but, but just to explain it to you even, I was a Houston Oilers fan. My team was basically shipped away and stolen away by the owner and taken to Tennessee to become the Titans. And then I moved to Austin and I moved to San Diego, lived in California, moved uh, to Louisiana. So there was no NFL team for a few years, six or seven years. And I remember it was down to L.A. getting their team back, which they ended up taking my second favorite team from San Diego <laughs> eventually. But no, I, and, and so I remember when the Oilers were gone, it was kind of like, eh, I don't really care about football except for the players that I like. And now it, it's kept my engagement through all these negative stories, through the off-the-field stuff. It, it really makes it fun again to be an NFL fan. And now that I'm, I'm learning about these, these numbers and these analytics and these, you know, really deep dive way to look at uh, players and their efficiencies and their performances. And, you know, you can put a little bit of how, yes, game script goes or how the energy of that player is a, is a team player or is he a me guy? You know, is Des Bryant going to work out in New Orleans? Is that going to be huge? And we'll talk about him definitely before we get out of fantasy land. But um, I, I just, I, I think it's, it's really, really kind of kept my spark for football going. So I just wanted to mention that, but I picked up Mike Davis, and so I look on your notes, and I'm like, oh, of course. Of course. I love that rap. I love to hear it. And, you know, I graduated from San Diego State. Oh, uh, shout out to the Techs. Excuse me? I said shout out to the Aztecs, baby. Oh, dude, shout them out. I love it. And, you know, first-round draft pick, Rashad Penny, I was so amped up. He's going to be the lead back of the Seahawks, represent San Diego huh. State. And he's, he's been a disappearing act this year. Yeah, where has he been? in time and pulled out a couple of the Marshawn Lynch, speaking of beast mode, uh, plays because Mike Davis, without the dreads, looks like that beast mode type runner. A you know, big, strong guy yes, that, that is hungry for you know his time to shine, and that's next man up mentality. And, speaking of next man up, you're up right now with your three fantasy keys to steadying the ship, whether your, te- your team's tide is rising or sinking. 
This is now the time to start positioning yourself to start, you know, really trimming the fat off of your roster and picking up any value you can. So give us your three keys with BP. Okay, so the first key, and this is the biggest key across all fantasy sports, all fantasy sports, in my opinion, is paying attention to the waiver wire. At least mm. they're won and lost on the waiver wire. I mean, drafting well is important. You have to get those studs like we were talking about in Kareem Hunt or even someone like Saquon Barkley in the first round establishing a nice core. But you cannot win your league if you're not checking the waiver wire and you're not finding key pieces off the waiver wire. I mean, you just look at this year alone. James Conner, Eric Ebron, Philip Lindsay, Tyler Boyd, Calvin Ridley. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Mm. So no matter if you're one and eight, or 8-1, you can always improve your team. And with the waiver wire, that's the beauty of it. No matter if you do an actual waiver wire order in reverse standing, or you do the free agent blind bidding, which I'm a personal fan of. Mm. You need to check your waiver wire. So that is my first key to the key to setting the ship for your fantasy team. Now, do you will you go do your research on said player? and then dive into your waiver wire? Or do you really go in sometimes and look under the running back category and, and look at guys' numbers a little bit behind the front stat line? Well, because I'm in a few different leagues, I don't know who's going to be available on a week-to-week basis between those leagues. So I normally go in and I have a few names in mind per position depending on how my team looks like, how it's currently constructed, whether I need a running back, wide receiver, tight end. But, I mean, my rule of thumb is if the player is good enough, you can always find room for him. Because if you're going to be trying to hold on to someone on your roster, say he's been there for five or six weeks, he hasn't even been your starting lineup, you're like, no, I'm waiting, I'm waiting to get him uh, in the right spot. I say forget that completely. You want the people with the hot hands. You're trying to win every week in fantasy and make your team as best as you can. So my strategy is just trying to find the best player regardless of how your team is constructed. Beep, beep. That was my little uh, alarm clicker thing for your keys to fantasy right here with BP. All right, what's number two? Number two, gauge trade interest across your league. You never know until you know. So most of the time you're going to get rejected if you lowball someone. That's okay. You want to gauge the interest of all the teams for specific players across your league. Because, you know, in fantasy, players stock rise and fall so much and so frequently. So if you're able to know which teams in your league are hot on a certain player on your squad, it's going to give you a great chance to buy low or sell high. Mm. So I would say that is my number two key. And if you saw me to reel this off, my third one, and I think most important if you're in the hunt for playoffs, is looking at playoff matchups. Week 15 and week 16 are the playoff matchup weeks in your fantasy season. It's a one-and-done format. You lose, you're out. No matter if you have Mahomes, Hunt, and Hill on your team, if they have a bad week, you're done. Mm. So look ahead and see which defenses are playing the Bills. See which quarterbacks are playing the Buccaneers. And I actually went ahead and I looked. Nice. Week 15, Joe Flacco is playing the Bucs. Week 16, Dak Prescott is playing the Bucs. Both of those players are available right now. If you need a quarterback for those weeks, pick him up, take a flyer. That's okay. I would recommend doing that. And in regards to defenses, not not the individual defenses like you're talking about, Rap, right. but for team defenses, 
The Lions and the Patriots play the Bills week 15 and 16. Mm. Those are two beautiful options, and they can help you win your fantasy playoff matchups. So those are my three keys, Rob. And you don't want your team... Really, guys, if you do have a core of players, like you said, uh, Hunt and Mahomes or Hill, you don't want your team really to clinch too early because what happens is they'll start resting guys. You know, if, if a team has one or two losses on, in the real season, sometimes that could really you know, make some players anxious as it goes down the season because the most important thing, they're not worried about your fantasy lineup. <laughs> they're worried about, straight up, they're worried about you know, how, how is this going to affect their, their playoff chances down the line? So you're right. You got to go ahead and look at your key, you know, points, your, your breadwinners. You got to look ahead at their schedule and you got to see who they're playing and, and really make sure that your lineup is adjusted as such. I mean, that's, that's bottom line. You just got to, you have to do the work, right? I mean, it's like any team. If you do the work and you read your playbook and you go through it, I'm talking about in the NFL. Guess what? Bill Belichick's system works for a reason. It, 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 it's not fiction. It, it actually works. So this is knowledge as if you're talking to young Bill Belichick, all our listeners out there. This is The Rap Show. You're listening to Fantasyland with our man BP from the trenches of the Fantasy Network, the NFL Network. Um, who, Real quick, who's the, uh, who's the smartest guy you know as far as fantasy personally there uh, in the trenches where you're at um to be completely honest i would say it is my man and my co-worker james Coe. um he actually came over from the nfl network to contribute for the fantasy zone channel and i'm very fortunate to work alongside him and help him out with his research that he does every week segments that we have on the show so i just want to give a shout out to james Coe. he absolutely kills it every week and he has improved my fantasy knowledge immensely throughout the course of the season so hey. i would say james Coe. well how uh, how how's your team doing tell us about uh your, I mean, your top two teams yeah top two teams i'm in uh four leagues this year mostly because of work-related obligations and a few <laughs> friends like i discussed earlier I'm actually doing fairly well this year. My two top teams are 8-1 and and 7-2, and respectfully. Um, And basically, I tried to, in all my drafts, have a a core, if my draft pick permitted it to happen, of the same people that I thought were going to do well this year. Um, That core consists of Matt Ryan, Devonta Adams, Emmanuel Sanders, and Zach Ertz. Those are some of my most common players throughout the teams that I have. So it's been a great core for me. Um, it's, it's got me in a good position going into the last stretch run of the season. But I still got a lot of work to go, and I'm going to follow those three keys, like I mentioned earlier, if I want to have some success in the playoffs. Hey, it's all about the success in the playoffs, but it's about success yes, in life, and I wish you all the success. And before you get out of here, I want to, uh, hey, let's take some quick hits, huh? Like I was taken there at Dodger Stadium off the vape pen. <clears throat> Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. This is a family show. Ah, uh, I miss California. <laughs> Let me tell you, Blake. It, it's it's yeah, it's so ah, it, oh, I can't wait to get out there again. It, it's incredible being there, sitting outdoors, watching a baseball game with palm trees, cool breeze, an exciting team, and great company right there. There ain't many places that are much more perfect than that. Let me tell you that. So. I appreciate it, and and this bond is only going to get stronger and build, and as you expand your knowledge and expand your opportunities in the world, we appreciate you starting right here with us on The Rap Show in little old Houston, Texas. 
I, I couldn't be uh, more thankful for you to have me on the show. And, you know, um, I, I am happy to build up what I know and share with all the listeners, and hopefully they appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, man, like, I'm just so excited, man. This is all new to me, and uh, it's been a great experience so far. Yeah. Well, what happens is all your friends that want your fantasy insider information <laughs> and your analytics, you tell them the only way you get it is go to the rap show. That's rap with two Ps and one BP. All right. So before we get out of here, uh, some fantasy land quick hits. Uh, actually, this this is actually my thoughts on on-field stuff because you are around uh, a lot of that coverage. It's not all fantasy where you're at. But uh, the best team in the NFL right now is? Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, this may come as a surprise. Would you want me to expand on these routes or you want me to just quick hit it if you got? No, no, no. Give us, yeah, give us your thought, your quick thought to go with, with okay, your answer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say Kansas City Chiefs uh, may come as a surprise. You got the Patriots, Rams, Saints. But their only loss came to the Patriots at New England. And come playoff time, I expect their defense to be fully healthy with Justin Houston being the man in the Mm. middle. Mm. And there's no better offensive combo than Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey. So I say the Kansas City Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. Their defense has definitely played better the last couple weeks. I think that that yeah. was going to be their Achilles heel. If if you know, aside from Andy Reid in the playoffs and, and his lack of success, worst team in the NFL is Buffalo. Buffalo I was going to say it in unison because I think everybody right now that's listening would say the same. Yeah, they're terrible. Terrible. I it's mean, ah, oh, Nathan Peterman. That's all you need to know. Exactly. Biggest surprise thus far, player, team, story. So for, I, I want to give a shout out to James Conner because that is such an inspiring story. You know, he overcame leukemia and he is a starting running back and he's almost leading the NFL in rushing, which is just outstanding. But the biggest surprise to me has to be Patrick Mahomes. Mm. I mean, most draft analysts and people in my industry thought he was going to be good this year. But, I mean, he is out of the world. He's on pace to break Kate Manning's single-season touchdown record. With about half of the interceptions. With about half of the interceptions that Peyton had that season. Maybe a third. Maybe a third, yeah. Yeah, that dude is special. And his dad was a uh, professional baseball player. He's got a wicked strong arm. I mean, it's, it's great to see him play. It's exciting. Let me ask you just on exciting quarterbacks because we really didn't get any Texans talk. Of course, you know, nobody's really counting on players from the Texans yet. You know, D-Hop is always solid in fantasy, but he hadn't had a quarterback until this year to uh, to throw it to him. But what do you think about this Texans team? Six and three. They're going into their bye week. They've won six in a row. It hasn't been pretty, but, hey, what do they say in the NFL? It's just about the dub. Exactly. It is all about the dubs, and they have won six in a row. And, you know, they're, they're a pretty solid team. I mean, I have to say that the division that they're in isn't one of the strongest divisions in the NFL. But that is really beside the point. They're winning games. They're showing up. They're getting it done. I know Bill O'Brien I haven't been a huge fan of because of his play calling, especially in the red zone. That was, that was a public display <laughs> oh, of not having a, a failure. good <laughs> against the Cowboys. That was very, very poor. But you know what? They got it done somehow. DeAndre Hopkins with that insane catch, spun around three times to get him in field goal range. I feel like they're just one of those teams that it might not be pretty, but they will get it done. I love Deshaun Watson, obviously D-Hop, and you know they added Samarius Thomas. He's no slouch. Yeah, but he's still doing the defense. Hey, BP, he's still doing the Kiki Challenge. He's in his feelings about having to get shipped out of Denver. So he, he needs to get his head out of his ass and into his playbook. 
Yeah, I mean, that's just, that. I'm giving you, like, ground zero report. Like, he's been moping around. I guess he got the weekly play- playbook instead of the full season playbook to, to simplify everything for him. Uh, he, he ran a couple routes and then threw his hands up as if, you know, come on, dude. Like, there's no microchip put in your brain. Give it a couple weeks before you start whining and complaining. It's just, it's piss poor when you... You come into a new place, and, and, you know, it is kind of weird that they had to go play Denver in the place that just traded him. That was kind of a slap in the face, I guess, but it's a good goodbye for him and his teammates that he won a Super Bowl with that are still there. But my point is, like, come come into H-Town and say, man, Watson's my quarterback. You've got an offensive line who's – Who's played so – I think as much as Kansas City's defense has really improved the last few weeks, the reason that the Texans are winning is because the offensive line is giving Watson even you know, an extra second or two, which which is clutch when you're a player like that. You know, that's that, that decision-making second that you need to make a crucial pass or to make a, a crisp pass. Exactly. And, you know, especially coming off of his season-ending injury, it's nice to have that reassurance that – he has a clean pocket most of the time, and it's showing. I mean, he's making better passes out of the pocket. He's less mobile, which is okay. Um, but when you have stud wide receivers like DeAndre Hopkins and soon to be yes. Demarius Thomas, believe me, I think he is going to be just fine by the time at least their playoff run comes up off the bye week. So, you know, I, I, overall, I think the Texans are a good team that won't be pretty to watch at some time but they will be able to get it done. I'm not sure if they win a playoff game just because the AFC is so strong. I mean, if they don't win their division, they're looking at the Chargers potentially as a one-game playoff. I'm a big fan of the Chargers this year. I think they're very good. Philip Rivers having a career year. So if any any playoff game is going to be tough for them. Um, but if they make it to the playoffs and win the division, I think that's a huge success. All right, look, if the Chargers advance to the Super Bowl, they don't have to win the Super Bowl if they – because I picked Chargers-Rams preseason uh, on the Almighty Rap Show. Shout out to Almighty Dollar. Uh, if that is the Super Bowl, or at least the Chargers represent, you and I are going to wear a bolo. I'll get you a Texas bolo, and we're going to wear a bolo. I'm sure your grandpa has polo bolos um, somewhere in his closet. But we're going to wear a bolo for an entire week after that. Would you agree to do that? I would be, I would be more than happy do that. I'm actually a Chargers fan. I don't know if I told you this. Oh, you better Diego. stop. You better stop. You know, I got my little Todd McFarlane, uh, like the little realistic figurine, uh, uh, you know, like the action figures, but they did the NBA yeah. and they, yeah. So I have yeah. the, I got Philly right on my desk at all times. Philip Rivers, man. He's my favorite okay. Okay. quarterback of all time. Bro, I, do you understand Philip Rivers? This guy People hate the way he he gets so passionate and gets so fired up. But if I'm playing football, the most violent, most fast-paced, most instant collision type of game, I need somebody like that to get me to levels of of being fired up that most human beings couldn't find even in a bottle. You know what I mean? Like, he is just that. He's the lightning bolt. I love him, man. I, I think it's so crazy how the whole dynamic between oh and how about the saints i was just going to say the dynamic between breeze leaving san diego and learning under flutie the perfect mentor for breeze he goes he was supposed to go to miami well saban doesn't bring him in because of the elbow concerns saban goes to alabama 
which is now you see a dominant, you know, decade long, basically, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's legacy. I mean, he's he's now changed the legacy of Alabama football from from the Bear Bryant days. But my point is, like, one move like that allowed Philip Rivers to get drafted. When Eli didn't want to go to San Diego, that may, that means Philip is now the quarterback. And in San Diego, and I remember that all going down. That was the same draft as Eli and uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger, who, as much as he says every year he's thinking about retiring, is still playing at an all-time level right around this time of the year. But my, my point is, yeah, Philip, there's no better team that he could have gone to with the players he already had veteran-wise to start his career and to now be the vet himself in San Diego or L.A., as they call it. But, uh, yeah. I, I'm so stoked that you're a Chargers fan. Now we can geek out on our bolts, even if they uh, they underperform or underwhelm us towards the end of the year, which they seem to do. But they got rid of yeah, Sturgis, thank God. <laughs> I mean, I'm expecting them. So they, I mean, they always underperform. They're always so talented. They get hurt. But honestly, I I think this year is different. I really do. Joey Bosa is going to come back soon. I had a report that Hunter Henry is actually might be returning before or around December, I mean, that's a huge boost to their offense and to their defense. So, you know what? I'm, I'm all in on the Chargers this year. Let's do it. Real quick, I'm not going to ask you to get political. Of course, I hope you voted this week. That's all I'll say. But I want you to give me two quarterbacks that Colin Kaepernick should be starting over in the NFL right now. <laughs> uh, okay. Nathan Peterman as one. Oh. No surprise. Blake Bortles as two. Absolutely. And you know what the NFL That's should right. do is, you know how London, London's used to the, the punk revolution, to the to the uh, voices speaking out against the Queen and Parliament and, you know, the, the history of that. They should sign, Jacksonville should sign Kaepernick. Then they move the team to London because they play four of their games, I think three or four of their games over there currently. And then basically call it the London Jags, and Kaepernick won't have to worry about the right-wing rhetoric BS he's dealing with over here if he wants to take the field and if he wants to let his voice be heard, you know, pre-game when it doesn't matter, when, when you know, the clock's not ticking. I just think that that would make sense. That way, the NFL, they're not excluding Kaepernick anymore, and they obviously are letting an NFL franchise sign a better quarterback than their present one. And you put him over there across the pond and let London deal with it. He can kneel all he wants. Nobody's going to get deaf. I promise you this. Nobody's going to get mad if he's kneeling at the American flag. They'll all probably kneel with him. I didn't say that. I'm just kidding. I love our country. It's great. It allows us to do things like this. Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. I just said it allows us to do things like this. It's, a, I mean, that's what makes our country beautiful. So I only say yeah, that because totally I think agree. it, I think it's shitty and I think it's stupid that, that Kaepernick is not playing in the NFL. That's all. So we'll yeah. leave it at that. Yeah. I mean, I understand from an owner's perspective because whether people agree with him or they don't agree with him, it just seems to me like another distraction from the team as a whole. If he's there, you know how hectic that you've been in locker rooms before. Yep. You know how hectic that will be if Kaepernick's there. The media will be nonstop relentless, and people on the team are probably thinking, "What is like this is not good for our team right. as a whole." So I mean, listen, I know he's 100% more talented than quarterbacks such as Nathan Peterman and Blake Bortles. For sure. As a whole, 
it's just I, I don't think that it would be a sustainable solution to uh, supplement your quarterback position. Hey, you know what the initials BP stand for? A lot of things, but what do you think they stand for? <laughs> Big Papa. Big Papa from Fantasyland. That is our homie BP. That the instrumental just came on, and I was like, "That's only fitting that I, you go out on this little little notorious for the weekend." Um, all right, so the game tonight. Who do we have? Who's on the Who's on the docket? We got Panthers. We got Steelers. Ooh, okay. I have some interest in this. I've got Antonio Brown, who's been solid. First time I've taken Antonio Brown uh, as my number one receiver. I told you I usually take OBJ. Or uh, at yeah. least the last few years when it was worth it. But um, so, what do you see tonight? I mean, these are two teams that are getting themselves right back into the uh, playoff hunt. Yeah, I mean, so tonight uh, we got the Panthers Steelers. Like I said earlier, Steelers won four in a row, and you know, it's, I think it's going to be a very high-scoring game. Um, the Steelers rank second in the NFL in red zone conversion rate, meaning how many times or what percentage do they convert their red zone trips to touchdowns? 75%. And in the, in the, over the last three games, the Panthers have converted converted 93% of their red zone trips to touchdowns. That's amazing to me. I mean, the, the Steelers definitely poured it all out on the field last week against the Ravens in a game that they needed to win. They had to win that game. They could not lose the season series 0-2. And, and now they're coming on a short week. They had three days to prepare for the Panthers' offense, which is the NFL's best rushing offense in the league. Wow, I didn't know Cam that. Newton, Thank you. Cam Newton, Christian McCaffrey, and their two speedy wideouts, and DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, they run so many exotic run packages that I personally do not believe the Steelers can have as much time as they want to prepare in just three days. They only, they're on a short week. I think this game is very high scoring. I think that... Mm. The Panthers will surprise a lot of people in this game, but I'm still taking the Steelers to win. Ah, that a boy. Hope Antonio has a big night. Get my weekend started off right. Well, hey, where can they follow you, BP? Yeah, I mean, on all platforms of social media, I'm at Blake Pan. That's Blake P-A-N. Well, we just passed the halfway point in the NFL, so we really can warm it up on and off the field as we get closer to the playoffs in fantasy and, of course, in the NFL. So, yes, man, let's just fill this hour each and every week because we just killed an hour, no problem, and and really, you know, got to dive into our topics and not have to rush through them because I think that's important that we, you know, we ease into it for the listeners that are are interested in fantasy, but we don't want to put them to sleep either. It's traffic time here in H-Town. Exactly. No, an hour is not like that's perfect for me. Awesome. I'd love to keep on doing that. If our listeners love it, I'm all about it. Oh, I know they will. I enjoy talking to you. You know how the women out there who play fantasy football, they're looking for a young stud to get their analytics from. (laughs) I'm telling you. And BP's the man. So we're here for all of 
people out there in fantasy land. And, uh, hey, maybe we'll talk a little next week. We'll talk a little NBA, too, because I know you're a Clippers fan. I want to get your thoughts on the on the first couple of weeks of the NBA. So we'll sprinkle some of that in as well. And if you have any just general, you know, maybe three or four minutes of, of basketball fantasy information to give people a good way to play, a good league to play in, uh, please share that with us as well. And please, everybody, follow him at Blake Pan. But he's not a deadpan. He's our man. We'll see you next week, brother. Have a good one. All right, Rob. Thank you so much. Talk Great job. Week, man. Absolutely. All right, man. Peace. Well, hey, we're off and running. We got one more segment to go here on the Rap Show for a Thursday. We've got the lowdown coming up next. So stick around. We'll be right back.